Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country who don't know how to handle themselves with that first heat wave. I mean, that first real heat wave. You know the one that that furnace, you know for the next five months, you're just screwed. That's where we are. Got it. Felt it. (sighs) Welcome to Datitude, episode number 72 for a Wednesday. May the 18th, 2022. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com, and we have a wonderful show today. Now, I know in the sports world around our local scene, the Pelicans garnered the number eight overall pick in the draft. Thank you, Los Angeles Lakers. You can have Anthony Davis. We'd rather have Brandon Ingram. Everything else you gave us, and now the number eight pick in this upcoming draft. What a gift. Um, We're going to talk more about that. And we're, you know, after we went off the air on Friday, the Saints signed Jarvis Landry. LSU boys and girls, the LSU train has pulled into the station in New Orleans. Honey Badger now, Jarvis Landry. And um, it should be interesting. We're going to talk more about the Saints and Pelicans on Friday's show. We are scheduled to have Doug Mouton of WWL-TV, the sports director there at WWL, on Friday morning. I have not confirmed with him yet, but I'm pretty sure he's good to go. We will um, confirm him later today. However, that being said, this show is going to be almost all about golf. And so a warning If you don't care one iota about golf, you're probably not going to like this show. But who wouldn't wouldn't be interested in this week? The PGA Championship. And to me, of the four majors, normally I'd say it is the one that I probably least care about. Normally. This week, maybe not. This is going to be one of the most interesting majors of them all. And I'm going to tell you why. We're going to have on... In just a few minutes. And I know I always talk about how I'm going to keep my monologue short and then I go 12, 15 minutes. That's not going to happen today because I want to jump into our guest. And our first guest is Andy Lack, who is a betting, I call him a golf analyst and strategist. And it'll help you if you're interested in betting the PGA Championship. He's going to help you go through and he explains the course structure in the ins and outs of a particular course better than anyone I've ever heard. And he's going to do that for us today as we talk about Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, I came to find out, and we're going to get into it with him, that he was an intern at GolfDigest.com. Oh, GolfDigest, I should say. Everything's .com now. But um, phenomenal. He learned how to, uh, the ins and outs of going through and plugging numbers into, I don't know if it was an Excel sheet or his own little thing, But no one explains a course and how it works better than Andy Lack. And I found him a few months ago, thanks to Uncle Big Nick, who's also going to be on the show later, 
and it has been a gift. He uh, writes a blog every Monday on Rick Run Good. That you need to check out, rickrungood.com. It is a, uh, a pay service, but it is worth it. It is not expensive at all, and it's more than paid for itself as far as I'm concerned. It's paid for itself for like the next five years for me already, and I just subscribed to it, and I think it was late January. But it's, it's phenomenal. And then he has a podcast every Tuesday, uh, every Sunday morning and Tuesday evening, uh, Inside Golf Podcast. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, I believe it is at ADP Lack Sports. Uh, you can find him easily enough. He's going to come on the show in just about two minutes, really. And then again, Uncle Big Nick. Uh, this PGA Championship is fascinating to me because of the course itself is different than most of the other courses. Uh, Andy says it's a lot like Augusta in ways, but the thing is, the, the, around the greens especially, you don't know where the ball is going to go once it lands. I mean, you may hit this perfect shot, or you think it's a perfect shot. It hits the wrong spot. It bounces all these different ways. Um, but maybe you think that's unfair. These golfers don't, and the golf analysts don't. Um, it's part of the it's part of the 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 major. You're not supposed to shoot 15 under or like last week, 25 under or 26 under. In a major, it's supposed to be three, three under, four under, five under wins. And that very well with the wind that's going to happen at Tulsa, especially on Thursday and Friday and into Saturday, and the different weather they're going to have. We'll talk about this with Uncle Big Nick. It's going to be in the 90s on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, the high 67, and a cool front comes through. It's going to rain overnight Friday. What's that going to do to the greens? What's that going to do to the course? We'll see. You know, the, the leader on Friday, whereas usually we talk about in the PGA, we talked about it on our show on Monday, Bayou Bets, how if there is ever a place to bet a wire-to-wire winner, it's the PGA. I don't think so this time. Because what you see on Thursday and Friday is not what you're going to get on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to talk about the, the, the big time, maybe the uh, most celebrated pairing in the last several years for sure. Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, and Tiger are going to tee off uh, tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, and then they're going to go Friday afternoon, and everybody's going to be watching that. It could help other golfers because the best golfers who aren't going to have the, the greatest crowds, if you, if you look at it, if you think about it. So we'll, we'll talk about all that coming up. And let's dive into Andy right now because, again, you want to talk about analysis of a course. And even if, you, even if you don't want to bet, even if you just want to enjoy it, he's going to help you understand what you're going to be seeing this week at Southern Hills. Um, and it's phenomenal. So let's get into it. Welcome into the Datitude podcast on a Wednesday morning. Although if you're watching video, you see that it's dark and we're taping this on Tuesday night. So uh, that's where we are right now. Andy Lack, who is, uh, I'm going to call him a golf analyst and a golf strategist. Okay, uh, when it comes to betting, because Andy, I want to talk about, uh, about a few things today. Mostly, we're going to talk about the PGA, but I want to talk about you and and how I, I found you and uh, a, a friend of mine, Uncle Big Nick, who I'm sure you've got to know a little bit through, through yeah, the, of course, through the social media world, has turned me on to your your stuff about I'd say January ish, maybe a little before then, and since then I can't stop reading your stuff. Uh, you you. <laughs> You, you, you write a blog on Rick Run Good, which I suggest for everyone to go check out. It's, 
It's a very low fee and by far worth the money. Uh, there's all sorts of tools that we'll talk about there in a little bit. But you have an, a podcast that's free every week called Inside uh, Inside Golf Podcast. And um, what I love about your show is you don't tell us who to bet on. I mean, now you'll you'll throw out some players that that you like, some golfers you like. But you give us the lowdown on, on, on the course, what you think is important, and then you let us make the decisions whether they're right or wrong. And I love that as I'm really trying to get into this. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say that I'm not like a professional handicapper. I don't sell picks. That's not really kind of my ethos of what I've always been going for. I think what I do have is that I have really good information. So I'm really good at breaking down courses. Um, and presenting information in kind of an actionable way that is digestible and people understand. I don't always make the best decisions with that inter- information. So I'd rather have people make their own decisions based on that information, if that makes sense. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, the, I, I joined in January, and in the $20 a month that I've spent, uh, since then I have won with Scotty Scheffler uh, and outright at the Waste Management. And then I yeah. won through going through the, um, I don't even know what you call it, the, the cheat sheet, I guess, um, I, I picked J.J. Spawn at the Valero and won a nice little chunk there. So uh, it's already by far paid for itself going through Rick Run Good. So uh, That was huge. Those were two big ones for me, too. The Spawn one was just incredible because really was. He, was, he was a guy that I identified as like, this guy is popping for me like crazy and he's 210 to one. And I think a lot of people in the Rick Runge community had that ticket too. So when it came through, it was like, it, there were, I got a ton. I've never gotten more messages that week than when, uh, when old JJ came through for us. Well, I guess that's how you, uh, you get listeners and you get readers by, 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 you know, showing those things and those trends and, and, I don't know how you uh, come up with some of these guys, but uh, what I'm trying to do is get a little bit better at, and you know, I'm just really starting. Go- I'm the sports betting writer here at the Advocate and the Times Begin, but learning how to bet golf is a whole different animal. And uh, what I'm trying to learn how to do better is to not just pick outrights, to be better with T10s and T20s and and even T40s in in, in some spots. Um, I'm still learning the whole DFS. I'm way behind Uncle Big Nick when it comes to that, but. Um, I guess it's just trying to figure out what suits your mold, I guess. Right, exactly. And I think outrights are the sexiest option of the bunch that, I mean, you look on Twitter and like, that's what it seems like everyone cares about. When I do content, I pretty much have realized that I'm forced to talk about outright betting because that's what everyone cares about the most. But if you look at like the professional guys that do this in Vegas, the way that they build money consistently over time, betting golf is through matchups and top tens and top twenties and top forties, like you said. So I talk about outrights because that's what gets people to listen to my podcast. But I think you're probably on the right boat thinking, okay, hey, maybe if I'm serious about making some money doing this a little bit more long-term, I want to be attacking some of these other markets. How do you look at it each week? Do you put, do you have more going on with DFS uh, models or do you, are you doing more with, with betting at end of it? 
it's a pretty equal investment for me on both sides. Um, and you know, the outright side of it for me is a very, very small investment. So I'm never in a position where if my guys don't win the tournament, it's a bad week for me. Uh, I could go through an entire season and have none of my guys win tournaments and I would still be able to have an incredible season, right? Because you have to understand that like you're playing the lottery. Like I think people think when, when, when you have a guy who's say 50 to one, in contention, right? And people get frustrated with their guy who's there on Sunday at 50 to one doesn't win. It's like, do you guys realize that it is not supposed to win? Like this would be the equivalent of you parlaying every single NFL game together on the slate and like getting every single one of them. Right. Uh, So I think we get, we get spoiled in, in golf betting with the outright, with the outrights. Right. But it's really, you're talking about building a bankroll over time. It's really about kind of taking your medicine and and playing some of the other markets. Yeah. Well, I mean, who would have thought KH Lee was going to be a uh, back-to-back winner last week at the Byron Nelson. So it just kind of goes to show you when you're talking about lottery, I mean, I just I couldn't bet him just simply because I'm not going to bet on 125 to one shot to win again. You know, lightning right. twice. You know, but right hand we're, up. We're, I was he was not on my radar uh, that week as well because I mean, I, he, it's not like he was playing well. It, it wasn't one of those situations where you walk away from and it's like, oh man, all the signs were there. Like this is a big mystery. Right. Like he was he was not in great form. But yeah, it goes to show like. This is golf that we're talking about here, right? There, it is such a variable sport from day to day, which is why I love it. Um, but you know, anything can happen with these guys. It, it all comes down to who putts well, yep. the best that week, and in turn, putting is the hardest statistic to predict. AK Jordan Spieth, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, I do want to talk before we talk about Southern Hills in the PGA. I want to ask you. How did you get started with the, with the podcast? I know, I know you're a golfer, and I know you. I'm guessing you had aspirations to be a PGA golfer, and at some point realized this this isn't going to work. How how did you end up where you are now? And I know you're you're still basically in the infancy of doing what you do with your podcast and and these websites. But how did you get to where you are now? Right. Well, you know, you're right. That dream died very quickly for me. I had a, um, I played golf my whole life. I played junior golf my whole life. Um, I got some looks to play at college, uh, at some of kind of the Northeastern schools. I had my heart set on going to Duke since I was, I don't know, maybe five years old. So I got into Duke early knowing that I probably would not be able to play on that golf team. I could have walked on and probably been one of the worst guys on the team, mm-hmm. um, according to the coach, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to play a lot. I just wanted to go to Duke. So I walked on, I went to a couple practices. I quickly realized these guys are just better than me. Um, and I joined a fraternity instead. Uh, so that kind of, you know, and then I didn't really pick up a golf club for basically a, a two years or the rest of the time I was in college. And, and I got back into it after I graduated, but, you know, fast forward after college, Um, I got an internship at golf digest and I was the, um, I was the course guy. So I basically spent the whole crux of the internship was plugging golf courses into databases and doing the backend stuff for the golf course rankings. So that's when I really got this encyclopedic knowledge about golf courses and my love for, I've always loved golf courses and I had always read books about architecture and stuff like that, but that's when it really grew. And basically long story short, 
the internship ended. I loved what I was doing. So this is in COVID. I loved what I was doing so much. And I'd saved up some money from working in college that I said, you know what? I'm going to take a year of my life. I'm going to start this podcast. And if it fails, I'm just going to be a PGA professional, right? I'm just going to go to PGA school. Right. That's a pretty decent backup <laughs> plan. And I kid you this not, man, for the first for the first three or four months, I mean, no one listened. Like no one, no one noticed me. I was averaging 25, 30 people a week listening for like the first three, four months of the podcast. And then one week, I just like I, Jeff Feinberg, who's a big name in the golf betting industry, retweeted one of my things. And I put out a stat on Twitter about Victor Hovland and the tweet kind of went viral in our community. And then people just started listening and it just like, it just started growing like a wildfire, but, um, it kind of happened. It, it took, it took a while, but, uh, yeah. And then I kind of got to a point where it's like, okay, I'm making enough money doing this to do it for a living. So you think you're, this is what you want to do now. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're intent on keeping this rolling and I hope you do, but I mean, do you think that's where you are now? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have another job. So I put, I put my, <laughs> I put my whole life in this and, and I, I do quite well from, from the podcast and with what I do, all the stuff with Rick, um, still obviously would love to, you know, get some more opportunities down the road and kind of build on this. But yeah, I mean, I think I made, I made a pretty conscious decision that I was like, I want to, I want this to be my full-time gig. And to be honest with you, I would not be able to do, if I had another job, I wouldn't be able to put the effort in that I do into the course breakdowns and the podcasts and all that stuff. So I didn't really want to half-ass it. Um, right. So, so, you know, I, I, it, it takes a lot of time on the back end and, you know, hopefully it continues to grow. I'm glad you said that because I don't have that in my list of questions and it was something I wanted to ask and I forgot to put in there. How, when do you start working on the, I know you start, I'm guessing you start working on the next week, like now. Um, even though the PGA hasn't even started and how much time do you spend on a, on a course breakdown per se? Yeah, it's usually around Wednesday night. So I usually get done with all my commitments for the current tournament. Then around Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I really start diving in into the new course. Um, and it takes a while because I, it probably could, I probably could economize it better. It probably yeah. could take a shorter if, if I really wanted to. I'm, I'm really um, meticulous about, about the craft of it, but yeah, you know, there are a lot of sites that I go through. I, I, I go, first of all, I go through it hole by hole. I, I try and get a sense of it. I read some articles from last year. I listen to some podcasts from last year. I look at the stats from last year and I start to kind of develop a narrative and then I just write everything down and I just I have this giant notes page on the course and then I kind of whittle it down. I whittle it down. I whittle it down and it kind of turns into an outline for the Sunday show and then I kind of rock with the Sunday show and I'm so at that point, I'm so hyper-focused on the players that I want because I've been through the whole course, I've been through the whole field that when the odds drop on Monday morning and the pricing drops for DraftKings, like kind of ready to rock, like my work is done here, um, which I think is kind of something different that most, like I think one thing that the reason why my podcast was able to grow was because there was this opening in the market for really early content. Yes. And no one was really putting out a show early on Sunday morning. 
because the reality of the situation, if you're betting golf, a lot of Sundays, like you're not going to have a horse in the fight, right? right. Like it's, you're going to have, and a oh, lot yeah, of a lot people want it. A lot, lot of Sundays. <laughs> and you want to, a lot of people I realized started to look ahead to the week ahead. So I knew that if I got out really, really early and was the first on the market, and I pride myself usually on, on you know, really being like the first guy to put out content on the next week, I found that lane there and was able to kind of use that lane to my advantage. Well, I mean, for me, it's like I, I have time on Mondays is really the only day that I have any time to do anything. And so, you know, I spent time driving, going across the, the Lake Punch Train Causeway, drove one half, uh, listened to you the first half of the podcast in the way, listened to the other half coming back. It was it was perfect time. And you do it in, in just amount of time. You know when you've said enough and, all right, people yeah. aren't going to listen anymore if I keep – Keep on rambling, almost like where I am right now. Um, <laughs> but I, before we get to, to Southern Hills, I just want to remind everybody that Andy Lack on with us this morning on Datitude. Uh, check out Rick Run Good if you're into golf betting at all. And really, honestly, you don't even have to be into betting. I, you, you, to find the content that, that's on Rick Run Good, it, it's geared towards betting and towards doing daily lineups. But you don't have to be a better to get plenty of information. If you just love golf, it's certainly worth the time and check out Andy's podcast, uh, the golf podcast. All right. I do want to get into the PGA and I want to talk about Southern Hills. Cause there were some things that I found that you said on Saturday night, uh, Sunday slash Sunday that I thought were very interesting and something about Southern Hills in particular, where the P the host of the PGA championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma this week. And it's not so much about how tough the course is. It's, it's tough. It's not so, so as much about how tough the wind's going to be. It's going to be brutal. But the yeah. thing that I found the most interesting that you said is these golfers might not know where the ball's going to go when it lands because of, of, <laughs> of just the topography of the course. And, I, I mean, th to me, that, that's something that you don't see a lot at, at, many, and at many courses and things that golfers aren't going to be able to recognize as much when they start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a... Major factor this week for, I think it's going to be, in my opinion, I said this on the show too, I think it's going to be the viewing experience for the year, not just for the architecture people like me that kind of nerd out over that stuff, right. but I think even like the casual viewer that doesn't even care about that stuff, you're going to be watching players struggle a lot this week. You're probably going to be watching them hit shots that you don't really see them at at any other PGA Tour course. Um, and I think that's awesome. I think coming off a week where you know, you had to win the tournament at 26 under par. If I had to make a prediction for you right now, I think a lot of these guys would sign for like minus five, minus six. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that minus five or six could be a winner. Um, and it leads me into, to me, although you talk about the trends of how young players have won this tournament. And although some of the best players, most of the best players in the world right now are basically young guys. Wouldn't this lead to needing experience, not so much at this course, but knowing how to deal with when things don't go your way, or maybe it's just the, the, the even, more even temperament kind of guy is going to do better at this course. hundred percent. I mean, that type of stuff is tough because it's unquantifiable, right? So like, it's not a, this guy is a really great driver of the ball. Like I can't quantify somebody's temperament. We can watch interviews you know, we could watch highlights of how they perform. We could listen to their press conference and stuff, but you're still kind of just speculating. 
But at the same time, it's like, okay, it doesn't take a genius to watch John Rahm play golf and watch exactly. that he gets frustrated on the golf course. Right. So is there, could you envision a scenario where John Rahm sees his ball cascading 30 yards into a creek and that kind of screwing up the entire rest of his day? Yeah, that's, I could see that, right? That that's something I can envision in right. my head happening. So I agree. I think that's the thing about major championships that, you know, people, you have to have your mental game and Tiger Woods has done an excellent job talking about this. Major championships are more mental than physical. All these guys are so talented. What separates the golf shots they can hit is very, it's very, very little. Like if you line all these guys up on the range together for the top guys, it's all, they all make the same sound. It all makes the same sound on the club case. They all, they all have the same shots in their arsenal. It really comes down to withstanding and kind of speed talks about this too, kind of peaking at the right time. And so you're right. Like one thing I look at always the, one of the first things I do with major championships is how have you done in other major championships? Right. And, and you know, that leads to me and I, I we'll get to specific players in a minute, but, how can you leave DJ off a card like this? I mean, is there any more even temperament than DJ? The dude could sh shoot a triple <laughs> on, on, on hole number 17 and lose, and now he's down one, and you still don't think he's out of it because he puts it out of his mind when he walks to the 18th tee. Right, and, and DJ is actually the guy that um, I think people – it it works against him sometimes yeah. because sometimes it yeah. turns into DJ doesn't care. And like the narrative that you have coming into this week is, oh, DJ just got married. Right. He was on his, right. you know, Paul, Paulina's posting thirst traps. It's like, you know, he, he, <laughs> he, and in fairness, he hasn't been playing as well as a lot of the other elite players. Right. But you're right about DJ. You want a guy that's been there before. You want a guy um, that has been in positions like this and knows how to adapt. That's the thing about this course the winds switch on you really quickly. And it's a crosswind coming from the South. So you're going to step up to a hole that you played on Thursday. And it's going to play completely different on Friday based on the wind. We touched on, on trends and I love trends. Uh, I write, uh, you know, our main thing here is football here in New Orleans, obviously. Um, and I know you dabble in, in some, some different things when it comes to football, but uh, I use trends all the time. I write a trends column every week during football season. I include them in everything. It, and to me, the more recent trends matter more than even long-term trends when it comes to betting. And one of the things you were talking about this week is more often than not, I don't know if it was 10 or 15 or how many past PGAs, but the past several PGAs, the winner has done very well in the, the weeks leading up to this tournament. Um, right. And so how do you think that plays out here? Do you think that plays in again, even though this is a weird course for that? Yeah, I think you have to consider it. I think certain trends you look at and you have to ask yourself, okay, is this random or does this make logistical sense? Right. And this is a one that to me makes sense logically, right? Like these are, this is probably the hardest golf course that's are going to play all year outside of the U S open venue. And I want a guy I don't think you can show up at Southern Hills after playing your home course and win. I mean, it's proven that's proven to be the case. Obviously it's happened before, right? But you go all the way back to 2015 
And every single one of the major winners outside of the weird COVID year when the schedule was all screwed up, every single one of the guys that have won majors played somewhere competitively in the two weeks prior. So it gets to a point where it's like, man, that's kind of hard to look past. You know what I mean? It is. And, but yet, and I know you, you talked about these two guys in particular and and it's hard not to like them uh, as well, but two guys that bucked that trend who maybe could buck that trend at least are Daniel Berger and Patrick Cantlay. Um, and you talk about them on your podcast a little bit. Where do they fit in when it comes to that? Right. That, that's a tricky one because you start going through some of these trends and it's like, oh, man, some of the guys that you would initially like don't fit with the trend. What do you do? And Berger and Cantlay are two examples of that. Cantlay, and in terms of my outright betting card, I'll have plenty of exposure to him in other markets. But in terms of my outright betting card, Cantlay did end up being a tough cut for me. I st- I'm sticking with Berger though. You know, I bet Berger outright. I got a 65 to one on him, which I thought was a pretty excellent number for the quality yeah. of player that he is. But you kind of basically just have to weigh the pros and cons, right? You have to weigh everything up together and you have to say, okay, here are all the reasons why I like Daniel Berger. And for me, those reasons are plentiful, right? He's incredible inside 150 yards. He's one of the best bunker players in the world. He's performed very strongly at all the comparative courses that I'm looking at. Is this stuff enough for me to look past some of the other stuff? And for Berger, it was can't lay. I was close to, but you know, you, it's tough, man. You just, you can't bet them all. And, and, and that's one of the things I preach all the time is like, you're not going to get, I know all these guys you make great case for, but uh, a profitable strategy is not just picking them all. Well, it's hard. you can't pick them all. I mean, you're not going to win any money if you pick them all. You might hit it, but you're not going to win any money. Uh, that's the hard part of this. And um, which leads me into, um, the, to me, just, I'm not a big favorites guy usually. I usually stay away from, if they're in the top three or four, I'm, I'm not, those aren't the guys that I'm going to pick for my number one. If Let's just say I'm betting $100 a week. Um, if I, I like to pick one guy and bet 30 on them and then spread the rest of it out. But I'm not at 30 is hardly ever what I'm going to bet on a favorite. But this week, I don't know how you don't love Scotty Scheffler. And I know he's the favorite. And I mean, the dude is ridiculous. I mean, last week, he looked like he didn't even care. And he shot yeah. 19 under and he's just, he's just going out there. Oh, I'll just go. I'm home in Texas. I'll just do whatever and shoots 19 and, and just, you know, walks away. How can you not like Scotty Scheffler this week? It's hard not to right? Like, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, First of all, I think the reason that people struggle with Scheffler, and you know, he's popular. He's not as popular as I would have expected. I think there's two reasons for that. A, now you're paying a price, right? Yeah. Now you're now you're paying. I think he's like eleven to one, 11. twelve to yeah. one. Yeah, in a hundred and fifty man field with swirling winds, with there's the potential that there's a draw advantage, and maybe he gets the wrong side of the draw, and that kind of knocks him out. Um, there's just a lot of variables. You want to be really, really confident if you're betting somebody at 11 to one. And I think the other part of it is people just have fatigue at this point, right? Like, it's just like, it's someone else's turn. I don't think anybody, I don't, from all the people I talk to, I don't get the sense that anyone wants to see Scott Sheffer win again. Right. I think they probably want to see Spieth win again or, or Rory win again, or, or, or some of these, it's someone else's turn. Right. So I think with Scheffler, and it's an interesting DraftKings discussion too um, on how his ownership will be affected, but I think it's just fatigue with him, if I, if I had to guess. Is he, so did you, because I know a lot of people bet him early. A lot of people, before he went off, got him at like 
40 to 1, 35 to 1. Do you have one of those early tickets or are you I paying do, up for it? I do not. And I haven't made my final decision because I still want to go through the cheat sheets and I want I want to actually go through your 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 blog again and I'm not ready. I usually don't make my bets until Tuesday nights because I don't feel like comfortable someone could get hurt or whatever and then yeah. I wasted money. So I, I like to I like to take my time and go through it. So uh I'm I said Tuesday night, I mean Wednesday night. Um so I haven't, I haven't made a bet yet. And, and I missed a boat on them at that number, but I, right now I'm leaning towards, that's going to be my, my quote unquote $30 guy. I don't, I don't know how it's not to me. He's, there's a reason why he's 11 to one. I usually, I, you know, John Ron was eight to one, seven to one every week and wasn't winning. I, I wasn't yeah. even touching him with a stick, but right. at 11 to one, I still think is a bargain. Right. Do you think that there is like the way you construct it, is this the type of situation where you say, you know what, I'm going to go all in on Shefford this week because of the price, and I want to be able to win a, a, an amount of money that makes me feel good if he comes through? Or are you going to kind of have some room to sprinkle some guys farther down? No, I usually pick six guys, and okay. I, I, I like to be able to root for guys uh, throughout the week. I like to get up on Thursday morning, watch it through, and uh, if you only have one dog in the fight, if you're if you really blow it, I mean, of course you can live bet. It's not the same, um, but I'd rather win a little bit. I'm the opposite of Uncle Big Nick. I'd rather win a little bit <laughs> on on one guy uh, and have have more spread out. I mean, this week I happened to get a lot of them right. You you were great this week, and uh, I had I had a lot of them right. I didn't get the outright, but I had five guys in the top fifteen. It, it was frustrating. Yeah. It was really yeah. frustrating because speed. I'm at. Speaking of Jordan Spieth, Uncle Big Nick has a question that he wanted me to ask you. He's coming on the show okay. after you, by the way. Um, cool. He uh, he says, with putting and par so important, can you trust Willie Z or Jordan Spieth here the way they consistently miss short putts? And we already know we have to leave Victor Hovland off the card. Yeah, I think so. I think you do with Ho- as it pertains to Hovland. Uh, with Spieth and Zalatoris, yeah, you know, they didn't make my betting card, but I do understand the case because you look at a guy like Zalatoris and what's weird about Zalatoris is all of his best putting performances come at the Masters and yeah. those you could make the argument are like the hardest greens on the PGA no Tour. If you're looking for the most similar greens to what you're going to see at Southern Hills, look no further than Augusta National, right? So if Will Zalatoris can gain 5.7 strokes putting at the Masters, I think he can gain 5.7 strokes putting at Southern Hills. And a lot of the time, if Scotty Scheffler didn't do what he did last year and Hideki didn't go crazy on approach last year too, like if Will Zalatoris gains over five strokes putting, he's going to be right there. He's going to be right, right there because he's such a good ball striker. With Spieth, you almost just have to like factor it in at this point that there's probably going to be two or three times during the tournament where he's going to miss a two or three footer. I don't know if it's a focus what thing. I remember hell? on Sunday. Yeah. That, that was weird. Right. On 10, you kind so of watch weird. it and it's like, dude, it, it almost feels like you just have like a, a 10 second mental lapse where yeah. your head's in a different place and you're not even focused on it on the task at hand right there. The DJ did it too was, during this tournament. Yeah, they did a similar yeah. thing this is the, earlier did. in the week. And, and the, the thing with Spieth is he is overcoming it with his ball striking. Like he won the Heritage losing yeah. strokes putting, which rarely, rarely ever happens. So I think with Spieth, the argument for him is 
this is the best that Jordan Spieth has driven the ball in his career. Yeah. Even back to his peak when he was in 2015, when he was winning majors and all that stuff. It's the best Jordan Spieth's driven the ball in his career. So I think with Spieth, you, you think, okay, hopefully the ball striking so good that even if he misses two or three shorties over the course of the tournament, he's still right there. Is it wrong to feel more confident about Jordan when he's hitting out of the sand trap than when he's trying to knock in a six foot putt? <laughs> Almost. It, feel, it feels that way because he, he holds out. I think I he holds out on the PGA Tour more than any other player, right? So, Same. yeah, how can you not feel more confident? It's, it's fun, though. I will say that. Oh, he, he said I had to ask you about Thomas Peters. I don't want to talk about Thomas <laughs> Peters. That guy, that guy is just a uh, man. He just nuked all of my lineups, and I shouldn't complain. He did. He did it to a lot of people I know at the Masters. I, I was just talking about him on on a podcast that I did earlier today. But no, I I, I love that guy at Augusta, and at least I'll give it credit to him. He made it quick and easy. Right, like he didn't right. tap me with a made cut. He was like eight over through eight, and he said, "I'm gonna get out of here quickly and not even give you any glimmer of hope." Yeah, he said I had to ask you about it, so I had to give you a little, a little poke in the ribs. I, I, now I can't let you go before I ask you about the pairing. I mean, this is insane. I mean, I, I, I kind of retweeted one of your tweets earlier about uh, the pairing of of Spieth, Rory, and Tiger. Man, is that must see TV? You know, the PGA woke up and, and they just kind of said, why not? Like, why not? Right. Let's just do it. Let's put it. Sometimes they stagger it a little bit. Sometimes they, sometimes they'll put like Tiger with like Adam Scott or Louie or Hideki or someone like that. And they chose right now the three biggest names in the sport No question. Uh, that are playing. I mean, you probably make an argument for Phil, but he's not in the field. Um, and they paired them all together. So that's going to be a zoo. Honestly, what's interesting is, you know, if you're at Southern Hills, you're probably going to get some really nice access to a lot of the other groups, right? Because I right. think so much of the air is going to be sucked out of the room by that one group. So I, I can't wait. I'm going to be tracking there every single shot. Tell, tell the Tiger fans out there, don't let them, Andy, don't let them jump off the ledge. Don't, don't waste money on Tiger Woods, right? I don't think so this week. I, I, you know, I think if there was ever a scenario where I would bet Tiger to win a tournament like this, I'd probably say, hey, wait for the British Open. I just think that, especially if it gets windy, um, you know, and Tiger has a good, he has a really good short game. And, and I think Tiger's biggest advantage is the mental side of the game, right? He He's still so much more advanced than a lot of these guys, just based on the way that he understands the game of golf. Um, but I don't know if he has enough competitive reps to really be there. I don't think he's going to go out and embarrass himself. I just, that's just not in his DNA. Um, but I don't see a scenario where he's close on Sunday. If you want to bet tiger to make the cut, I don't hate yeah. that. I could Minus definitely see that, but th yeah, that's about as far as I'd probably go. So no, no plus two fifty in T twenty. I don't think so. Yeah, not for me. So do you think I, so? Are you no, are you a little more bullish than no, I? No, I actually think yeah. I, I. Look, the only reason why I'm probably not going to uh, lay a big chunk on him to miss the cut is because a Tiger Woods, but b because you talk about. I mean, he's won this at this course before. Now I know you talk about in your podcast how it's different. It's not right. the same course that he played in two thousand seven, but at the same time. He's still Tiger Woods, so I'm probably not going to lay a big chunk. But I, I, 
I would lean towards him not making the cut than than making the cut. I mean, when you don't play golf yeah. that long and you hit, you went through. He's human. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, who knows? But uh, the numbers uh, would agree with you too. It's it, this is a harder field than the Masters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. So, but it's still Tiger, and it's hard to bet bet on him. I haven't decided what to do there. Lastly, all right, we haven't talked a lot about names, but give me two names that we should look for that we haven't talked a whole lot about in this half hour segment that you really will be looking at this week. And it doesn't have to be for an outright, but two, two names that you just want that you like this week. Well, as it stands here late on Tuesday evening, I've somehow talked myself into Rory winning this tournament. Yeah. Um, I love Rory. I don't know how I got there. He wasn't part of the initial plan. He, he was somebody that kind of grew on me throughout the week, but I like, you know, I just, we walked away from that Sunday at the masters. And in my opinion, I thought he was going to be the guy at Southern Hills. I thought he was going to be the talking point, the narrative. Um, I mean, he shot 63 at Augusta yeah. and it, it, it really looked like I test wise, like the, it felt like he really freed himself up there. Fast forward a couple of weeks, Rom wins in Mexico you, you get all the speed stuff at the Byron Nelson, Hideki's shooting 10 under Xander's shooting 10 under Justin Thomas is right there in the mix. And now it almost kind of feels like, well, Rory's not coming in under the radar. Right. Don't get me wrong, but, and he's going to be playing in a zoo with Jordan Spieth and tiger. But I like the way this is kind of just setting up for him where it's still Spieth is the guy with the, he's the grand slam. He's the number two storyline after tiger. And I think maybe Rory might've found something on that Sunday where maybe he's not going to put as much pressure on himself this time. And he's not the number one storyline. It's not Augusta. I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself at Augusta because that's the career grand slam place. But man, this golf course, I is a great golf course for his game. I think a draw is really important on this golf course. Well, who's the best player at hitting a high draw off the tee? It's Rory McIlroy. You want to talk about short game? Rory McIlroy is the most underrated short game. In, in, maybe maybe in the game. No one talks about his bunker play because his, his driving is so good. But, man, guess who led the field at the Masters in strokes game around the green? It's Rory McIlroy, right? So I bet the 17 to 1. Um, there's going to be some weather that we may see, and it seems like his tee time would avoid some of the weather. So he's my he's my pick to win. And then I'll give you a long shot, too. I like Tommy Fleetwood. I like Tommy Fleetwood a lot this week. I got him at 130 to one. Did you? He's 60 to one now at Caesars. Uh, Moving lines out here, man. The the, the inside golf pup is real. No, I mean, I just think with, you know, one of the big comparisons that I made was to Shinnecock, which another golf course that I had played before. So I felt like I had some kind of experience with playing both those golf courses, kind of trying to find the similarities between the two where that hosted the 2018 U.S. Open that Brooks ended up winning. And Fleetwood came in second that week, right? So I trust his ability to um, contend on a golf course with swirling winds and a lot of short grass. And Shinnecock was that only other course where I walked off the course at Southern Hills, and I remember being like, man, I can't remember the last time I hit the hit as many weird shots as I did since I went to Shinnecock. And you combine that in with the fact that Fleetwood's playing great golf, it's a good number, right? It's not get, you know, he's now he's at 60. I still like that by the way. Um, and I, I, I trust he's been there in majors before, right? He's played in multiple final groups in a major and contended before. So I think you're getting it. I think Fleetwood will be there. I think it'll be in the mix on Sunday. 
both those guys are going to be on my six-man card some kind of way. I, fi- I'll, I will figure it out. Andy, tell everyone how they can find all your stuff and, and give them a little highlight reel of what you do uh, so they can go out and, and find Andy Lack. Sure. Really appreciate that, man. Um, it was a, it was a blast, man. I, I, um, my dad just, uh, he does a lot of work in the South and he's, he's just moving. He spent, he lives in Oxford now, but okay. he was, uh, yeah, we'll no, he, him he for was, a, he's not an Ole Miss fan, is he? Yeah, uh, he is. Okay. Well, we'll forgive him for he, that. He, he, he used to, yeah, he does some teaching there now, but okay. he's thinking about, he also owns a, he owns a paper down there called Mississippi today okay. and he's in the process of expanding it to new Orleans. So he's been going, he's been heading down to, and I think he's thinking about getting a place down there. So hopefully I'll be down there at some point for with him for an LSU game or a saints game. But if you, if you yeah. get down here and you have any free time, please let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to catch up with you uh, for sure. Oh, but, of course, of course. We, we thank you for uh, for all you're doing and, and just keep on doing it. I mean, keep Appreciate on doing it. Man. it. You, you can't miss it. Uh, his his column runs every week, every Monday on Rick Run Good and the Inside Golf Podcast. I believe it comes out on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Sunday mornings and, and Tuesdays and Tuesdays. Yeah. Make sure you catch it. Andy Lack, thank you so much for joining the Dad Two Podcast. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Andy Lack, uh, just great stuff. And again, I said this before, even if you're not going to bet the tournament, if you decide, okay, I'm, I'm not betting. I mean, maybe a lot of you out there that listen to this podcast, I know I'm a sports betting writer, but this show is not about all about betting. Now, we do getting to, get into the betting world. We lean at times more betting, but this show, is, is, through the course of 72 episodes now, it, it's kind of gone in a different direction than what I think I saw in the beginning, um, I thought it was going to be more of a betting show, and it's turned out to be more of a just a sports talk show, more geared towards local things, but sometimes it's not, and that's what this is. And so I think through the course of the 38 minutes that we just had Andy on, if you listen to the whole thing, you realize that even if you're not going to bet, how interesting that is. If you just like golf, what Andy was able to bring to us is phenomenal. Um, and then our, we have our own local guy, Uncle Big Nick, who kind of got started in the whole golf thing a few years ago. And I've always been a golf fan. I mean, since I was a kid, I was a golf fan. But I never really got it. And I dabble in it a little bit here and there. I think last year I, I really started getting into it, and I was terrible at it. I didn't win Jack last year. I, I lost my keister. But this year... As I've started to learn how Uncle Big Nick goes through the week, and he does more DFS, which is daily lineups. Uh, you can put these lineups together on DraftKings and, I guess, FanDuel. And depending on how your lineups do, you get points for certain things and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I do that. I do dabble in that a little bit. But me, for me, it's more about sports betting, and I'm trying to learn how to bet. But I've, I've done much better this year. Uh, I think overall... Uh, with my two outright victories, I'm certainly ahead uh, in the grand scheme of things. Now, I'm still trying to learn how to bet how to bet less, I guess. I, 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 do, I probably do a little bit better when, when I'm doing some live betting, which is great in golf, but you get the values in the beginning, and you got to figure out who you're going to bet before Thursday. Uh, you can add a couple live bets in later. Uh, and I do a lot of live bets for insurance. If i got a guy who's leading... And you want to get some insurance and 
get some other guys you think they're going to win, hey, if you get them at a decent value, go for it. But uh, we have just as much fun watching the golf as we do betting on the golf, and that's what a lot of this is about. Andy helped with, with that. And some things I didn't get to with Andy, we're going to talk about here with Uncle Big Nick, as we talk about, again, the weather, which is crazy. And then we'll talk about specific odds on players that we need to watch. And, again, even if you're not going to bet, we talk about the odds on some of the favorites and some long shots that we need to win that even if you're not going to bet, you'll find interesting because you'll be able to keep an eye on them. And the way they run golf now on television, you'll be able to see them all play at some point. Let's get into it. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on a Wednesday morning, our good old buddy, Uncle Big Nick. We give him grief, but uh, hey, he's our golf guru. We had uh, Andy Lack on, who's a national golf guru. We've got our own local golf guru. It's Uncle Big Nick. What's happening this morning? Not as popular yet, but I'm trying. No, uh, no you got a ways to go. But uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, the good news is I don't think Andy's a 49ers fan, so that helps him. Uh, he went to Duke, though, so uh, what does that do? Well, I don't know, but I think Duke's being a, a Duke grad is better than being a 49ers fan. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll give you grief for that later on. Um, what's happening in the golf world this week? It's a uh, PGA Championship preview here on Datitude. We had to have you on. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, you started off super hot this year. And even though you've maybe tamed off a little bit, you still, you've still had some good weeks here and there. Yeah, April was awful. Well, I say awful. I still had a profit, but it wasn't like February and March where I'm set for, I mean, I shouldn't lose money for the year after February I mean, you can't March. win 52 weeks in a row. No, you, you mean, that's the goal. <laughs> I mean, I just had bad, I had bad luck in April. I mean, I had two tournaments in a row where three guys tied for second, and I have all three. Like, it was just one of them type of things. Yeah, that's kind of I what think, I had. Like- I mean, I've. I've hit six outrights this year, but I think I've had more second place than outrights. I think I hit eight or nine. It's I don't like that keep you track of that, but I know place. it's a lot. It's, you should be able to bet second place. I will say this. Caesar Sportsbook, who is okay. the official odds partner of bet.noah.com, has a deal going on right now that I noticed in my inbox this morning. Um, if you bet a golfer and he does not win, but he finishes in the top five, you get your money back. So if you bet an outright, and he does not win. I don't know what it what that is up to. I'm certain. I'm sure there's a certain limit on how much you can bet. But if you bet a golfer, he doesn't win, but he finishes top five, you get your money back. That's pretty good. Pretty good promotion. So yeah. Had I had that last week, uh, I would have helped me quite a lot, but I didn't. But you can't bet the twenty k like the guy did on Tiger for that. I guess you cannot bet the twenty. I'm sure there is a limit. I don't know what it is. Um, it's definitely not twenty k. And uh, we'll get to the 20K bet on Tiger in a little bit. Kind of touched on it with Andy. But with the, uh, the thing about the second place we're talking about, I don't know much about horse racing, but I know horse racing, you got like win place show. So mm-hmm. if they had that in golf, I think I would do really well with it. They should have a win place in a show. I like that. Yeah. Win place show and duff. If you finish last year, the duffer. All right. Anyway, let's get into PGA Championship. Goddamn. John Daly is going to be the duffer. This exactly. Year. Well, yeah. No, I mean, it's got to make the cut, I guess. You got to at least make the cut to be the duffer. Um, some things we didn't talk about with Andy, or at least didn't talk long enough about with Andy. And first off, tell me, you know, I told him, it's you're the reason why I found Andy Lack. 
I mean, uh, you know, I was just kind of going off your picks for a while. And I said, you know what? I want to figure out how you do this. And I still haven't 100% figured it out, but I'm getting there. I'm learning. And the only way to learn is to dive into this stuff. And you turn me on a Rick Run Good. You turn me on Andy Lack. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you found the guy and uh, how, you know, you guys almost have sort of a relationship now. Yeah, it was, it was like you said. I mean, he he's not a guy who just gives you names. Like, he's right. not a guy who, I mean, I won a little bit in golf last year, and then, um, I, like, December they were off, so I, I deep dove into, like, who to follow in the business that knows more than me, which, I mean, I, you got to break down who's full of BS and who's not, you know? Right. And I found Andy, like I said, he course breakdown and the way he talks about the game and gives you key points to look at for each course. And then you go make your own decisions. That really, really helps. And that that's what I liked about him. And then I see him on social media, start listening to his pod. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not shy about just sending a DM to these guys and, they don't respond. I don't care if they respond. Right. We talk, you know, so then we become social media friends, I guess you would say. So me and him talk almost every day about just golf stuff, you know? Well, and, and he seems to be like super open for a guy that, you know, look, he's trying to promote his brand and he's doing an excellent job at it. And, you know, I reached out to him and I didn't, you know, a lot of these guys are, I reach out to, I don't expect, uh, a lot of times I don't even expect a response. If I get one, great to have them on the show. If they don't respond back, understand uh, you got a lot of things to do, but he responded right away and had him on the show. And it was, I thought it was a great interviewer this morning. Um, that being said, some of the things that we didn't really get a chance to talk about a whole lot, we, we, we do into a lot of things, but one of the things I want to talk about with you this morning is how weather affects your picks and how you're going to go about it, especially this weekend. And, the weather in Tulsa this time of year can be super crazy. It can be super hot um, in May, not like it'll be hot later on in July and August, and we know that it's you know 100 degrees every day in Tulsa in July and August. But it's a variable weather right now, and uh, you know just looking at the weather.com forecast, you know tomorrow high 91, Friday high 88, Saturday high 67 with a low of 50. So which means Sunday morning it's gonna be cold. And and the high Sunday is only 71. So you'll see guys with wearing jackets, you know, they'll be sweating their, their keisters off Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, they'll wear, be wearing sweaters. But more importantly than that, it's the wind. And the wind is going to be crazy howling this week, especially early in the week, Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, and into Saturday. It is going to be crazy wind, which is going to already affect this, this brutal course. We talked about with Andy about how we don't know where the ball is going to go when it hits. Um, and you might not know where the ball's going to go before it hits with this win. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so contrasted golf tournaments. Like last week was 26 under birdie fest, uh, right. everybody making birdies. This week's going to be, if you get a par, you, you're doing great. You know, it's, it's the, the wind factor and the weather factor is just annoying. Like I think eight out of the eight tournaments this, this year, you got to, factor in wind and all this stuff and rain and look what happened with the players. I mean, they had to go two extra days. I don't think we're getting any delays in this thing. It's just going to be, if the wind's too much and it's blowing the ball in the greens, they're going to call it. 
Because if you can't set your ball down without right. it getting blown. Right. And, I mean, the PM wave on Friday is going to have a mess. But the crazy part is they got a storm coming in Friday evening. Now it's weather. We, we know how that is predicted it three or four days out. Saturday's going to be a little chilly, windy. Sunday's going to be like playing in a dome. So it's going to be weird that you're going to have all this wind Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then the guys in the lead on Sunday, they're going to be playing with no wind. So it, the scoring conditions are going to be better. So it's, it's, it might be a great live bet tournament. Yeah. I know we talked about on Monday about people not coming from behind and stuff like that. But if the weather plays out like it's going, like we think it's going to, somebody could come from behind if it's not windy, if they're striking the ball well on Sunday, you know, a couple shots back, they might better catch them. So it's going to be really, it's going to be a fun watch to know what's going on. Speaking of that, I see you got your Tiger Woods hat on. We can't, we can't uh, not talk about Tiger Woods um, a little bit. We touched on it with Andy, but, um, you know, I joke about the $20,000 bet that some better made that he could have gave the charity at 60 to one. The Tiger's not going to win this tournament. But, I mean, you could play, you could cut this piece of recording out. If he wins, play it back wherever you want. I'll be happy to, to, to take the grief because it, it, it'll be funny. Tiger's not going to win this tournament. However, that being said, um, this is the kind of course to me, Nick, that he actually will do well enough. You know, I was thinking about betting him not to make the cut, but the more I think about it, I mean, this is where he won in 2007 at Southern Hills. Um, and there's something about Tiger's inner whatever that you know that he's going to do at least well enough. I think we saw in the Masters that he played well early, kind of faded because he got tired and that leg got tired. I think he's got a good chance to at least make the cut and and make it interesting. And that, that pairing that he's with, I think being with Jordan Spieth and Rory, the first two rounds is going to help him as well. Yeah, I think it will too. And it'll help other guys on the course. It's like a Cam Smith, the Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. No, it's not going to be, I mean, half the amount of people following them. That's going to be following Tiger and all. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous for everybody following him. And I don't know the thing. I bet Tiger first round leader just because I, I want I, I had to have some exposure to mm. Tiger, and I think if he does well, it's going to be in the first round. Because I don't disagree. I, I don't with know. That. I just huh? I don't disagree with that at all. I think if you want to, I think you're way better off betting on something like that. I think that's all. That was sixty to one as well, isn't it? I, I thought it was eighty. I got it at eighty. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I think it's going down now, but that actually might be a decent bet because I could see that. Look. Tiger knows this course, and, and, and I talked about it with Andy, and it's not the same course that he won on in 2007. It's, it is different. At the same time, I think that as smart as he is, I mean, he's not just the best golfer of all time. He's one of the most brilliant golfers of all time. Yeah, um, he, he knows where to miss. And that's exactly. That's the thing with him. And, I mean, at the Masters, he gained strokes on ball strike, and he couldn't putt to save his life. So if he fixes the putter and puts the ball where it's got to be, like he knows how to do, I mean, it, it's not. All right, let me ask you a question. What would be more shocking, the fact that Phil won this last year or Tiger winning it this year? Tiger winning it this year. At least Phil was competitive in playing, and even the week before he 
he won. I think he finished in thirty something place or something like that. You mean he was? He was it like was shot. It was I, I understand that, but still, I, the only reason why Tiger sixty to one is because he's Tiger. If he was right, if he was Joe Blow, I don't even mean Joe Blow. If he was like a Dustin Johnson coming off the same injury, he'd probably be a hundred to one. I mean, you look at Bryson DeChambeau, who's thirty-five to one or forty to one, and he doesn't have anything wrong with him except that he's. Hasn't played a lot. He's coming off his issues, but he just hasn't played a well, whole lot. Bryson's got that hand industry. He just had surgery on. Yeah, but I mean, if Bryson the Shambo was in the same boat as Tiger, Bryson would be eighteen to one because he's Tiger. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. gonna cut, they're gonna cut Tiger's real odds in half because they know people are gonna bet on him no matter what he is. So they have a big enough. The books have and they. I tweeted this out. Um, I retweeted someone. I don't even remember who it was. I think it was on ESPN. But uh, someone at Bet MGM said that if Tiger wins, it will be the biggest liability in the history of their book. Uh, so potentially could lose more money off of Tiger winning this championship than any other event in the history of their book, which says a whole lot. I mean, average Joe Better is going to say, you know what? I'm just going to do for the hell of it. I'm going to put 10 bucks on Tiger. And you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I might do it just for a goof because that way, at least if I look stupid, at least I win some money no. looking stupid. Save it. Save it. It's just 10 bucks. Put put money on him at St. Andrews. If he's oh, still I'm playing, he's still Because I'm going to say good. the same thing at St. Andrews. I'm, I'm betting him at St. Andrews. I have already been on record. Tiger Woods will never win another major. I mean, I, mean, I guess I can't say it would Ooh. shock me if he won another major. I mean, we can make a bet. You want to make a, a live bet here on Datitude? I mean, it's going to take a while before. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. take that. All right. Uh, we'll discuss fees later. Okay, we'll discuss fees later. All right, it, it's a bet. It is, it, is, it is a bet. I have Tiger Woods never winning another major, and Tiger Woods fan numero uno over there to my, uh, to my left, if you're watching this on Facebook, he's got Tiger Woods to win another major. Hey, look, you know what? I hope I lose that bet. I'll be honest. It's good for the game um, if he loses. But, all right, enough Tiger Woods. Well, talk. I might have just jinxed him because I normally don't win bets against you. But I'm pretty good at golf bets against you. So we're, You are pretty good against golf. Pretty- that's about the only thing you beat me in is golf bets. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about some odds. Uh, that's one thing, Andy. We talked about a few players in particular, but we never really talked about what might be some good odds. And some, uh, you know, you, you do more with DFS than – then you do you you do you doing what hundred lineups for this for this event? One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty lineups. I can't even imagine how much time that takes. That's a whole nother show. Um, it takes me two days. Takes you two days to do one hundred fifty lineups. See these these other guys that do one hundred and fifty. They do optimizers, and there's some kind of spreadsheet. I don't know the basics of it. I'm trying to learn it. And there's yeah. a spreadsheet where you put in what you want, and it transfers it to DFS. I do it all by here. Way over my head. So, so it takes it takes to mine too. I mean, I, I'm not computer savvy. I still write everything I do in a notebook. Um, you don't even know I'd how to spell savvy. It. Probably not. <laughs> okay, all right. This is, this is not a spelling bee. <laughs> not yet. We got a counting golf. We're gonna have spelling. a bet on that coming up. If I lose the Tiger Woods <laughs> major bet, we're gonna have a spelling bee so I can get my money back. All right. Um, there's some players, there's particular players that I want to talk about with their odds, and I rarely if ever, say that a favorite is actually getting value. But I, I touched on it with Andy. 
And I think Scotty Scheffler at a plus 1100, I actually think there's value there. I think if there is a tournament that is set up for a, a, one of the top players to win, it's set up for Scotty Scheffler to win this tournament. He doesn't get, he's almost unflappable, right? In just the, this young career. He's now won twice this year already. He's playing as well as anybody. He's I won mean, four last, times this year already. Four times this year. Well, look, last week I thought was the, was one of the most impressive. And you know why? Because he went out there and he looked like he was just screwing around. I mean, like he like he was a like he was using it as a practice tournament. I swear. He hey, looked like he was using exactly it as a practice tournament. And he shot yeah. 19 under. I mean, it's insane the, how well the guy's playing right now. I think at 11 to 1, you're getting a real value with Scotty Scheffler this week. You are. I mean, I'm not touching him because I, I don't, I just, I don't know. The guy's got to cool off sooner or later, you would think. Yeah, but you would think. But until he does, I mean, don't you bet him? Until he does, yeah. But I feel like you're chasing value right now. And I feel like I've done I God value. every. I've done got everything out of Chef I wanted because I had him at the waste management when he was like 60 to one still yeah. before he won at the tournament. So I feel like oh, I if I too. just keep betting on him and, you know, I haven't bet on him since. So, which is bad, but nobody's seen this run coming, but right. I understand what you're saying. You got to follow the hot hand. So I, it ain't a bad bet. It's just not one I'm making. All right. I'm going to throw out names to you with their odds. And you tell me, who you think has the best value out of these names that I'm throwing out there? We ran a we ran a, a story uh, yesterday, which is Tuesday, if you're, depending on when you're listening to this. Ran a story Tuesday with with all the odds of all the favorites and all the notable players as well. So you can go back and check that out on bet.nola.com. And if you're watching on Facebook, you'll see the odds here on the screen. But uh, here are some names and some odds, and you tell me what you think is the best value. Scotty Scheffler plus eleven hundred, and if you're new to betting, what plus eleven hundred means is if you bet, you have to bet a hundred dollars, you don't have to. If you bet a hundred dollars, you win eleven hundred. Obviously, you you change that denominator. You bet ten, you win one hundred and ten. You bet fifty, you win. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician, real quick, but five fifty. Five fifty. Right? So, so there you go. So that's that's what these odds. I can mean. do numbers, just don't make me spell. Okay, I, I well, I'm telling you, we have a spelling bee. If you lose, if I lose, Tiger Woods back. <laughs> All right. Um, so Scotty Scheffler plus eleven hundred, John Rahm plus twelve hundred, Rory McIlroy plus fourteen hundred, Justin Thomas plus fourteen hundred, Jordan Spieth plus sixteen. That's the two bets I made. Okay, those are the two: Thomas and Spieth. No, are, Rory and JT. Rory and JT. Okay. I think Rory wins this tournament. Uh, now you, you're I copying just, off of Andy. And, no, I, I no, I'm not. I, I mean, I had Rory before. I just love him at this course. I had him before all that too, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I like Rory as well. He's one of my six for sure. I rarely bet. I rarely, rarely, rarely. I mean, I, though I, exp, I explained it to Andy. <laughs> Excuse me. I picked six guys that I usually bet on. And somewhere, and I'm just going to throw out this number, but somewhere in the ballpark of $100 spread out across six guys. I'll have a $30 guy. In a $20 guy, or maybe a $40 guy and a $20 guy, if I really like it. Rarely, if ever, are any of my two picks with guys that are both in the top five. This week, Scheffler and McElroy, and probably JT, are probably all going to be on my card. I haven't finished it yet. Scheffler and Rory are definitely on my six-man card. I don't know how you don't pick them. And JT, I agree with you. The way he's playing right now, he's a great pick. 
uh, at, in Tulsa. I can't get out of my head. I mean, JT's been playing a lot better than his results. He should have a win by now. He's going to win soon, and he's one of these guys that yeah. I've got to be on him when he wins. Yeah. And I can't get out of my head how he played at the players. He got the worst of the draw, and he shot his best round in the worst conditions. So yeah. I just can't get, out, get that out of my head. Like, bad conditions is not going to bother him. And he's also been playing well as of late, which is part of Andy's philosophy on – who he thinks is going to be a winner uh, in this tournament because it goes with trends that usually in the PGA, at least in the last 10 to 15 years, if you have played well in the weeks leading up to the PGA championship, you have a much better chance to win the, the title. Right. The one, I mean, the trophy. only one that broke that was Phil. Right. And Phil broke all the trends last year. Well, Phil can go break something else in Saudi Arabia, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, that, that's for another podcast. All right, some guys I know we're laying off. We ne- we barely touched on Victor Hovland, but I know that Victor Hovland is a popular name. But for those the amateurs who might just want to bet on Victor Hovland because they know how well he's played, you can't bet on this guy because in this game, in this tournament, you have to be good around the greens. Um, and we know that Victor Hovland is – Maybe the best golfer outside of 30 yards in the game, but inside of 30 yards, I don't know what it is with this dude. Uh, I agree, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays well here. I mean, he went to Oklahoma State. He plays here often. And I agree with the chipping numbers. I'm playing him in some DFS lineups just because I don't want to get burned if he yeah. does play well. But I'm not betting him. Like, I think it's going to be overplayed happen. in DFS too, but we'll see. I All don't right. think because everybody's going to have the same opinion you had. Well, we'll see. That he can't play good around these greens. I'm going to throw out some other prominent names uh, that I think might be good values this week. Brooks Kepka, plus 3,500. Now, he does not fit the mold of playing well as of late, but he plays well at the PGA Championship. And I think he's going to come in with a little chip on his shoulder. I like Brooks Kepka this week. At least did Andy mention anything about Brooks? He really kind of didn't. He didn't. Uh, so you go he's, ahead. And- Andy's got caddies that are on the course in at Southern at Southern Hills, and he's been texting them just to find out what it looks like, what's going on. That's how he gets his insider info. Yeah. And they said they said Brooks looks terrible, like hitting just all bad golf shots. Really? Yeah. I haven't bet it yet, so, so maybe uh, I'll leave him off the card. So yeah, you're saying I mean, no I was, on I mean, Kepka. he actually tweeted it out, like the response from one of the caddies. Okay. Well, let's see. that You get inside information here on the Datitude podcast if, you, if you're betting the PGA Championship. Uncle Big Nick with us here on a Wednesday morning, by the way. Uh, a couple other names that are right, uh, that, are, that are the same odds as, as Kepka. Uh, Will Zalatoris, who I know you really like, besides his putting woes, we did talk about him a little bit because I asked him the question that you wanted me to ask him. So we don't have to talk long about Willie Z, but Joaquin Neiman is, is a, is a fascinating uh, possibility as bad as he played on Sunday. And I know he killed you on Sunday. Uh, he's your Thomas Peters. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. that being said, um, Joaquin Neiman is an interesting play this week at 3,500. He is. I'm not touching him because I'm still mad, but he just forgot how to play golf on Sunday. I don't know what happened. And he's been playing real well. I mean, I, I hit first round leader and 
uh, winner at the Genesis with him. So, I mean, you can't be too I, mad. I, somebody at him, man. I play in bed a lot. Huh? You can't be too mad at him then. No, I'm not mad. I'm mad from the, it's, it's recency bias. That's all it okay. is. All right, well, we got uh, we have about five more minutes. So I want to. There are a couple guys I do want to touch on before we go off. And some and th- this name will definitely be on my card, even if it's only for a little bit. Corey Connors at plus five thousand, I think fits the mold of someone yeah, I that love, could win. I love that Corey win. here. Yeah, talk He'll about be him. Like over 50 percent of my lineups. He hits the ball so well, and he, he's from Canada, so he's going to be used to these conditions. I mean, it. I really like him this week. Yeah, and and I think uh, he's a guy that that could come in and uh, you talk about someone that could be two or three back going into Sunday and make a move. I think Corey Connors is one of those guys. If his putter's rolling well, he'll be fine. He may even be a good lob bet if you don't want to bet him uh, early. The problem problem is if he's in the top 10, his odds are going to dramatically drop. So you might want to put a few bucks on him at plus 5,000. I really like the decky. You, You skipped by him? I did, I did, and we we talked about him before we went on the air. But Hideki Matsuyama, you're talking about that he has some sort of injury. Yeah, it is like on Twitter. There's there's each golfer has a tracker, like Hideki tracker. They got a Tiger tracker, of course. They got Scheffler tracker, and people update like how they doing in tournaments. And the Hideki tracker this morning said he was dealing with a neck injury at his practice round today, but they don't think it's connected to what he was dealing with before but they're keeping an eye on it. So I don't know what to do with that information, you know, being Wednesday morning. Well, it probably wasn't going to put him on my card anyway, but that will probably keep me away. That's somebody that I may look at to lie bet if he proves that, um, if he proves that he, that he's beyond it. I talked about Tommy yeah. Fleetwood with, with Andy. He loves Tommy Fleetwood this week at plus, well, he's plus 6,000. Now I think he got him for like plus uh, 110 or something along those lines. I got him for plus 130. Wow. Okay. Well, one thirty to one is what I got the, on him. Missed the boat on Tommy Fleetwood. Although I will check out the books to see and if this, we can get a better price on him. Golf is not like football. Just because you're betting with the public doesn't mean you're going to lose. Right. Like because you the That's fact that said. it dropped that much, you know, you know, everybody's thought to listen to it. But yeah, I mean, it's um, just yeah, I know. And so I shop around, and I, you know, I don't. I know bet dot. I mean, uh, Caesars is the official odds partner of bet But I've said it a million times. Shop around. Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood maybe plus six thousand here. I have not looked to see what he is at other books yet. I will be doing that after I get off this show, uh, and we'll be shopping around and looking to see what we can get. If I can get a plus eight thousand on him, I'm going to take it for sure. All right. Uh, There's another name I like that's a long shot ahead. is Alex Noren. Alex Noren. Yeah, I bet he's him been playing real well. A hundred to one. He's another one like JT where he's ball striking the ball well. He's a really good putter, and he's just another one that. I don't want to miss his win while yeah, he, he's still a hundred to one. He is a hundred to one on Caesars at the moment. So he hasn't yeah. changed. Um, and a couple other, before we let you go, I know you don't like him this week, but I'm probably going to put him as one of my six men. Um, and I'm just going to put a little bit on there. Terrell Hatton, who does not fit the mold of temperament. We know he can get a little hot at times and a little, the little, little angry peed, gnome, a little angry, a little angry at times. So, I mean, I, that doesn't fit, but the thing is, when he's when he's hot and playing well, dude, he's one of the best golfers that that no one talks about. Yeah, he's he's one of the best with his irons that nobody talks about, and I'm playing him a lot in DFS. That I'm just not going to have an outright bet on him. 
and it's hard to 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 not have something on. Um, Taylor Gooch played awful last week, but he kind of fits the mold of what what could could work here well. He's plus nine thousand. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's an OK State grad too. But uh, I, I mean, I know we're talking about outrights, but in DFS, I normally do two or three lineups of really popular guys from the week before that burn people that nobody's going to play this week because they're still mad. So, like, I might do a lineup with, like, a Gooch, a Willie Z, uh, Sam Burns, who missed the cut right. last week, that, Neiman, who I'm mad at. Like, all them people, I'll just do – because I'm doing so many lineups, I'll just throw that in there. They're going to be low-owned. They're good players. So, if people, you know, if, if people stay off of them, I, I could have a, a good thing there, you know? Absolutely. And we're going to wrap it up with – all right, so you, you made it fun of me a few weeks ago when I won with J.J. Spawn on a $4 bet. And if I would have had the uh, chutzpah, I guess, the way to put it, and put just even put 10 bucks on him, I'd have won a, a, ton, of, a ton of bank. Uh, but I did not. Instead, I've only won $650 uh, off a $4 bet. Here is my $4 bet of the week, okay? He doesn't even count in my six because $4, I mean, I'm not even counting this in my, my six-man card. I'm telling you, I have a feeling about it. I've had a feeling about him for a few weeks now. And it, it, I have a feeling that Ricky Fowler is going to come out of nowhere and play super well this week. Don't roll your eyes. For those of you listening and not, not seeing this on Facebook, I just have a feeling Ricky Fowler is going to play well. He's so bad right now. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's I not can't worth get four there. bucks? I mean, it's worth four bucks. And you could gloat. <laughs> You'll be able to go everywhere because nobody has Fowler anywhere. I so, just had this feeling. I don't know what it is. And I've had a feeling for a I few weeks. I have a feeling now. about I have a feeling have for a, a few weeks that he's gonna do something. Too. Is yours Justin Rose? No. Okay, he's Patrick plus one twenty five, by the way. Patrick Reed, Patrick yeah. Reed. Yeah, what's it what's he? I, I don't even see him on my list. I didn't write him down, but I got a feeling he could play well at a course he's like this. He's up there around ninety. Patrick. He's so good around the greens. He is really good around the green, but he's been terrible lately. I mean, he, oh, he played, he, is, he, played decent. he played decent the last two tournaments, and he had, like, two bad rounds Yeah. in the last two tournaments. So, I mean, it's Patrick Reed. You're going to get what you're going to get. It's just, like, a 4 or $5 bet on, you know? All right. Well, we're going to see what happens. PGA Championship, I know you're looking forward to it. It starts Thursday morning, uh, all day long Thursday, all day long Friday. Uh, ESPN Plus Golf Channel. You can see the PGA Championship just about everywhere. I think ESPN in the afternoons, CBS on Saturday and Sunday. I, I will Before I let you go, the last thing I'll say is one thing about golf and being a golf fan, this is a great time to be a golf fan because you literally can watch golf all day long, four days in a row. Our spouses might not like it, but we love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to teach my spouse what goes on with it, but she's not really... My 10-year-old daughter is more no, excited she, about it than she is. She, you see that? You try to let Cindy like, pretend like you're teaching Cindy anything. She's the one that's teaching you, and you don't even know that she's teaching you. That's the worst part. She's got you, know, you in a bad. leash, pal. My, my 10-year-old will come in the room when I'm watching golf, and she'll look at the guy lining up a putt or whatever, and she looks at me first, and she says, do we need him to make this or miss this putt? <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad it is in my house. Yeah, well, my six-year-old with the NBA is the same way. She goes, 
Are we rooting for the team in green or the team in red and white? <laughs> well, today I know we rooted for the team in green last week, but today we're rooting for the team. She hasn't quite grasped the betting thing. She doesn't get how one day I'm rooting for one team and the next team I want the next day I want them to lose. She hasn't grasped that yet. So we're, we're oh getting- yeah, she was on the phone with one of her friends this week and. I had all kind of paperwork out on my desk. Yeah. And the friend, you know, they FaceTime the kids. And the friend's like, what's all that paper? Oh, that's my dad's golf homework. And she's like, golf homework? What is that? <laughs> and she said, I don't know, but he makes a lot of money with it, so he's always doing it. <laughs> well, you see a lot of people out there listening and might be uh, laughing right now, but if they get into it, I'm telling you, it doesn't take much to get into it, and then you'll be making your own lineups too. Uncle Big Nick, we're going to chat soon, and good luck to you this week. I know you and I will be – Chatting a lot, and hopefully all those seconds we've been getting will move up one little notch. That's all we ask. One of of those seconds, um, just move up. Like I tell you all the time with golf, I can be wrong nine times. As long as that tenth time is right, we're on the green. I'm going to do it this week in the major. Talk to you soon. All right, bud. A lot to digest for sure. But if you're interested in golf this weekend – I think you just got an hour and 20 minutes worth of fantastic information. And, hey, if you're new to sports betting, if you haven't signed up yet, you can do so. I will say this. uh, You get up to $1,100 insured bet on Caesars Sportsbook by going to our website or going on there and using the code NOLACZR. You will get a first bet insured up to $1,100, meaning... If you want to take a shot on any golfer and say, this is the week that I'm going to do it. I'm going to make my first sports bet. Uh, it's a good week to do it. PGA is fun. Even if you just bet one golfer and see what happens. If you want to bet on Tiger Woods, go for it. You can get an insured bet. You want to put 50 bucks on Tiger Woods at 60 to 1. Again, I'm no math genius, but I could tell you that's $3,000 that you would win if Tiger somehow won the tournament. If you want to do that, I don't suggest that's who you bet on. But if you wanted to and you lost that bet by using the code, code NOLACZR, if you're a first-time better, you would get a free bet of $50 because that's what you bet. If you lose, you get it back in a free bet. Worth a shot, right? Why not? Um, I will remind you that if you're new to this podcast and you're just listening, you can find Datitude Wherever you find all your major while you find your oh let me let me try this again I'm fumbling on a Wednesday morning I just got back from my my daughter's uh, award ceremony at kindergarten it was an early morning thing it is it has been an early morning for me you know I'm not an early person um, if you want to find Datitude you can find it on any major podcast platform how about that Apple Google Play. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, it's everywhere. And also, we usually take a 6- to 10-minute clip of this show and run it on our NOLA.com Facebook page. Um, that's where we run Bayou Bets and Odds and Ends. Bayou Bets on Monday, Odds and Ends on Thursday. Uh, not Odds and Ends. We don't call it that anymore. It is at the book on uh, Thursdays. Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, Spencer the Guru, Urquhart, and myself. We will have another show on Thursday, and we'll be talking about the Pelicans, Saints, probably a little PGA, maybe the New Orleans Breakers, anything you want to listen to. So check that out. And, again, we will be back on Friday with Doug Mouton talking Pelicans and Saints. Uh, Some things that we didn't get to, again, last week, Jarvis Landry signed right after uh, we went off the air. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about that with Doug. And who knows, maybe some odds about where the Saints are. They're starting to creep down, boys and girls. Hey, if you want to use that insured bet and bet on the Saints' future, they're still 50-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That is value. I'm not saying the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, but I think if they play this season out in some weird universe and they were able to play it 50 times back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back with the same guys in the same age and the same little stratosphere, the Saints would win the Super Bowl at least once. 50-1 to 1 is a great value. 20 to 1 to win the NFC Championship on Caesars. If you want to take a stab at it, 5 to 1 to win the division. So if you want to take a stab at that on your first bet, your insured bet, bet 100 bucks on the Saints to win the division. They win it, you get 500 bucks. They don't, you get a free bet of $100. Might be worth a shot, right? We will see. I want to thank Andy Lack. I want to thank Uncle Big Nick. That is going to wrap up the show. For a Friday, and like I told you to start, that first heat wave, I walked outside yesterday, and it wasn't the first time this year it was 90 degrees, but it was the first time it was 90 degrees with that humidity. And you know what's in store for the next five months, and it just makes you want to crawl in a, into a ball in the fetal position and not come out of your house until October. But we can't. The kids are out of school. Uh, they're getting out of school this week here in Louisiana. We've got 10 weeks of kids roaming the house. We've got 10 weeks of, I want to go play. I want to go do this. Where are we going on vacation? What are we doing? Blah, blah, blah. Training camp. Going through that whole mess. Preseason. It's all coming up, and it's all going to be in 92-degree weather with that stinking humidity. <sighs> I'm trying, boys and girls. I'm trying to stay positive. And we'll stay positive on Friday. So come back and listen to them. Remember to hug the ones you love. The ones you don't, that's completely up to you. We'll see you Friday with Doug Mouton. Peace and love, my friends.